It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Philadelphia Eagles survived the Buffalo Bills and just want you to put some respect on their name. Now, the NFC South is the battle of who doesn't want to lose the division and the Atlanta Falcons just gained an edge on the New Orleans Saints and just maybe they'll win it. And the third straight win for Michigan is the sweetest of all because guess what? They've made Ohio State question exactly who they are. I am Tanisha Batiste, and for Peter Bukowski, and you are Locked On Sports Today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You know, the Eagles just cannot get respect. I don't know what they have to do. Maybe they have to beat a team like the Bills in overtime. 37-34, big time win for the Eagles over the Bills today. They are continuing to fly high above the rest of the NFC. And here to help us to not just make sense of it all, but also to talk about why it's Fly Eagles Fly is our guy, Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles. And Gino, I'm just going to start right here. I would think. You go into Kansas City and you beat the Super Bowl champions, whom you lost to less than a year ago, and that would give you all the respect you deserve. And yet, seems like the Eagles had to prove themselves once again on their own field this time. What's it going to take, Gino, for the league, the world, the media to realize that this Eagles team, they're good? I I really don't know at this point because what more can you ask Jalen Hurts and this team to do in the last six days, seriously? And coming into today's game, you get the news that Lane Johnson is yes. out of this game. And they're like 66% losses when it comes his way of starting games and he's not in there. So like when he's in there, they win a lot of games. When he's not, they don't win a lot of games. It's simple. <laughs> Dallas Goddard is also out. And then Nicholas Morrow, who's your best linebacker, goes out in this game. And you're losing the turnover battle. And then all of a sudden, this 2022 Eagles offense just seemed to awaken in the second half. And it it was storytelling that it's on Brandon Graham's day that he becomes the longest tenured Philadelphia Eagle in consecutive game streak. And he gets that sack. And Jalen Hurts, the day after Jalen Milrow does what he does for Alabama over Auburn in the Iron Bowl, he turns around and has maybe the best Alabama quarterback performance of the weekend in that (laughs) second half. And when you boil it down, football, it's pass offense, pass defense, run offense, run defense. And the Eagles had won games all season long, I would say, in a multitude of different ways, with all of them contributing at some point. And today, it was MVP quarterback, MVP quarterback, we got the guns out, we'll meet you in the alley at dawn, who's going to get the quicker shot and who's going to land more of those shots. And we always say on our show, the guys that are the role players, the Olamide Zacchaeuses, the Kenneth Gainwells, the Boston Scots, they have to be like in basketball, you're Danny Green that's going to knock down a big play for you. He might only have one or two, 
but right. he does it. And it took a full team effort to where Olemide Zacchaeus has the most improbable completion of Jalen Hurts' entire season. And just when you thought everything could go bad, it went right and they win games. I don't know what it is in the air in Philadelphia, but if you're not respecting good football, I don't know what you want. It's It wasn't a great day for games before this, and then today was the greatest game, and the Monday night game was a great game. And if you don't like the Philadelphia Eagles, I just don't think you like good football. And how do you hate Jalen Hurts? The guy says nothing bad. And I get the Nick Sirianni stuff, but Jalen's Jalen, and you got to love number one and what he did tonight. All that matters is you got what? one loss this this year. I mean, that that's what we're talking about. That's the conversation that we're having about this team. And it's primarily because of Jalen Hurts. Now, FanDuel had him as their favorite to win the MVP. Shouldn't change after this win. But did you feel like once again, you saw in a weird way, Jalen Hurts take yet another step to show you just how great he is? People, and I mean, Peter Bukowski, host of many shows here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, will say that the box score and some of the negative plays that Jalen Hurts present probably take away what he does in the MVP race. But Josh Allen has negative plays. Patrick Mahomes has negative plays. Lamar Jackson has negative plays. But those guys that separate themselves, the great to the elite, can you make plays that will wow offenses and just do things that demoralize defenses that last play Sean McDermott he had all the time in the world after this timeout what are we going to call send him into a spiral he calls engage eight sends eight guys at Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts went other quarter I mean that's that's a big time moment where you could crumble under pressure and step to the wrong gap or go the wrong way and he does it cool calm and collective And I go all the way back to his days in high school, playing for his dad. He played in big-time moments. Goes to Alabama, where you're playing Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, all these good teams week after week. And the talking point was Philly's hitting a gauntlet. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are the gauntlet. They are the gauntlet. You're trying to go through them. When Jalen was at Alabama, teams were trying to go through them. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles have become. And you said it. This calendar year, Jalen Hurts has lost one game in the regular season. Last calendar year, he lost one game in the regular season. If this is any other quarterback that we are talking about, the MVP discussion, it's so far away that there's nobody even close in second place. Give him his respect. It might not be 100% with his arm, but when it matters, he gets big-time touchdowns. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Eagles and your favorite podcast app, and of course, on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, someone has to win the NFC South, and the Saints just took a step back from being that one. But before we get to Falcon Saints, the Baltimore Ravens and Los Angeles Chargers played a close one Sunday night. We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also a lot of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunity to increase your payout. Of course, you can also check out the Monday Night Football NFC North matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears. FanDuel has the Vikings as a mere three-point favorite at home. 
You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Now, the Ravens and Chargers played a low-scoring game on Sunday night football. Baltimore defeats the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 12, 20-10. It was <laughs> certainly not the best offensive performance I've ever seen, but, man, did that defense play lights out all the way. It, it was a defensive game for the Ravens. I know the offense did some things here and there, but it was pretty sloppy for the offense as a whole. I mean, this Ravens defense just absolutely lights out for the most part in this one. I mean, I was really, really impressed by them. It was a turnover day for the Chargers. I believe well, the Chargers had five turnovers. I'm pulling up the team stats now. Four. Four turnovers for the Chargers. Still incredible there. But for me, what stands out to me defensively is, again, the Ravens overcame things, but the Chargers actually went 7-15 of 15 on third down, but they held them on fourth down to 1-3, of three, so they stepped up when it mattered for the most part. But it was interesting because yards per play, the Ravens averaged a full yard more than the Chargers, and the Ravens had those explosive plays that like Keith Mitchell was awesome in this game. And in their first week without Matt Canada, progress could be seen with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense as they beat a Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals team. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. This is your Locked On Now update as the Steelers have defeated the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati 16 to 10, advancing the Steelers to 7 and 4. And after the Texans' loss to the Jaguars, puts them now in sixth place in the AFC playoff race. For one obvious talking point, the Steelers finally eclipsed 400 yards on total offense for the first time since 2020 and it comes the game after Matt Canada is fired certainly a talking point but the Steelers only scoring 16 points in this game kind of brings that down a bit because you still wanted the Steelers to score a lot here but I think what this what this game was an example of is how the Steelers can remain focused even when things aren't going their way in one of the best games of the day the Houston Texans came up just short on a field goal as they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars the Jacksonville Jaguars are victorious in Houston. I'm Tony Wiggins with the Locked On Jaguars podcast. 24-21, the Jaguars survived against the Houston Texans today in a well-played game, a game that was extremely entertaining. They had a lot of drama in it uh, at the end of the game as well as the end of the half. Trevor Lawrence went for 363 yards. Calvin Ridley had a wonderful, wonderful day with a 
touchdown catch and a two-point conversion. Travis Etienne was not statistically very good, but he was very, very useful at critical times during the game. And Josh Allen, what can you say? Josh Allen had two and a half sacks, most of them coming in critical times. And number 41 is making his case to be re-signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars improved to eight and three and take a two-game lead in the AFC South. Well, there's a new guy in College Station. Texas A&M has its new head coach in Mike Elko. To me, this is interesting. It was an interesting hire. And you look at Mike Elko's numbers, and the numbers are great, you know, as a head coach. D.C.'s done a good job where he's been as a D.C. My concern is this, and it's one that I have laid down for about a week now. Whenever Coach Fisher was fired, it was after, yeah, about a week now. I have said... I am concerned that you don't want to make a risky hire. I think that, now you can argue today, you can say, well, Andrew, who could you have hired that wouldn't have been a risky hire? And I think that's a fair point. I think that really is a fair point. I think most everybody would, would be somewhat risky. I mean, there's not anybody who can say that guy's going to be a home run for sure. But I think there are more proven head coaches whose names were kind of floating around. Is another story you need to know. The NFC South has exactly zero teams over 500. And after the Falcons beat the Saints 24 to 15 on Sunday, both teams sit atop the division at five and six. So one could say a bad team in a division that no one seems to want to win will make the playoffs, especially with the Bucks losing today to the Colts and losing Baker Mayfield. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints joins me to decompress. Now, Ross, the Saints. We're in control of this game, you could say, in the first half. They controlled time of possession. They had the most yardage. Everything but the actual points on the board, which in all likelihood was a telltale sign of how this game was going to go. But how exactly did the Saints lose to the Falcons? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you have to look at is inefficiency in the red zone, which has been the story of the New Orleans Saints season so far, with the exception of maybe two games, uh, Indianapolis and I guess you could say uh, Chicago. But outside of that, this team has been inept once it gets into the red zone. It's like once they get to the point to where, you know, striking distance, they, they get a little bit allergic to it. 0-5 in the red zone, including two big-time red zone turnovers, the first of which being a 92-yard Jesse Bates pick six that the entire stadium saw coming, but Derek Carr didn't. It, it that that has been the story of this New Orleans Saints team so far, and that, again, was a story against the Atlanta Falcons, a well-deserved and well-earned loss by the Saints. What is going on if indeed Derek Carr is who the Saints are going to have to potentially ride with for the rest of the season, although we all know what division he's riding in, just saying. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I I think this was Derek Carr's worst game as a New Orleans Saints quarterback. I thought this was his worst performance. The pick six, like I mentioned, we all saw it coming. You could see Jesse Bates rolling his coverage to that side. He clearly recognized the look, knew where Derek Carr's first read was going to be. And Derek Carr locked in on Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver from that was running that route and ended up <laughs> delivering a ball directly to Jesse Bates. And then outside of that, several, uh, I don't know what it is, but Derek Carr's accuracy on uh, it to receivers that are moving laterally or crossing the field was poor in this game put a lot of passes outside the frame put a lot of passes behind or too low for receivers things like that I think it was his worst performance as a New Orleans Saints quarterback but I will say this that I think that he gives the Saints the best chance to win because that's who it is that they game planned around and who they built their system around all offseason the issue is that the system's bad the New Orleans Saints yeah. offensive system does not allow 
for a high ceiling. And so there's no way to really judge Derek Carr and his ability to be successful or any quarterback while the Saints are still running this version of their outdated offense. Yeah, and that's actually the perfect segue into my next question, because if you think about it, you could look on both sides of the ball, right? You could look at the Falcons and say, hey, do they need to make little tweaks? Do they have little things to fix in order to put themselves in position to win the division? And I keep saying division, but Ross, chime in if you feel differently. But I've always felt like any team in the NFC South had one path to get into the playoffs because of a very talented NFC. So if you feel like either of these teams could possibly get a wild card berth, say so. But assuming that both teams, both the Saints and the Falcons have just one path to the postseason, are there small things the Saints could fix that could maybe make them, I don't want to say best of the division, but maybe like best of the not so goods? Are the Falcons a team that has the fewest tweaks to make in order to get the, you know, the path? Who has that path as you can see it now that we're approaching what five games left in this or six games for both these teams left in the season? Yeah, the way that I look at the NFC South is that no one wants to win it and no one deserves to win it. I, I think that neither, you know, none of the group of teams that's here, they should just send another NFC East or NFC North team to the playoffs instead. Or maybe, hell, just allow another AFC team in on the NFC bracket because none of these teams deserve to be playoff teams right now. And any team that moves into the playoffs if they continue to play the way that they've played so far, it's just going to be a first-round exit anyway. And so with all of that taken into consideration, I don't think that any of these teams are close. I don't think that any of these teams have little things to fix. I think they all have dramatic issues that require changes that start at the top this offseason. I expect it to be a very, very busy offseason in the NFC South. Stay up to date on the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Saints on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Michigan has created an identity crisis for Ohio State after not one, not two, but three straight wins against its rival. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Buckeyes and Wolverines, they don't like each other. All right, now, I know that's a huge understatement. Maybe even Captain Obvious, but come on. The hate runs deep with these two schools. Everybody knows it. And after three straight Michigan wins, locked on Wolverines host Isaiah Hole sees an identity crisis kind of forming in Columbus. And it's better this way, in my eyes, right? Because what ends up happening is when you can have a kind of close game and you can win it, which is something Michigan's been on the wrong side of against Ohio State for a very long time, right? Years like 2005, I think, I think 2004 as well, 2006, uh, 2007 to some degree. I mean, it wasn't really a close game. I thought it was 14 to 3, and it just didn't even feel that close. Um, you, you've got a lot of games like that. 2016, all of them in the Brady Hoke era outside of 2011. And so this is finally 2017. Finally, Michigan finds itself in a place where it's like, okay, we can win this close game because we have the belief that we can do it. And you don't. 
because none of you outside of Josh Proctor and Xavier Johnson have ever won against Michigan. And everyone outside of Cornelius Johnson and Michael Barrett doesn't know what it's like to lose to Ohio State. The rivalry is fully shifted. It's fully moved into Michigan's territory. And without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, Ryan Day, and again, he knows what he did. He did everything. They did everything in their power to try to make this game not a fair fight. And Michigan still won. It's, will, will this be the end of the Ryan Day era? I don't know, but this is certainly the end of the Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, probably JT Tumalau, Jack Sawyer. I don't know. I don't know what guys can come back, will come back, all of that stuff. But Michigan is a, is already created an identity crisis in Ohio State. Well, for me, regardless of who won, yes, Michigan came out as the victor. Ohio State falls just short. But I just love it when, as college football fans, we can take a look into a game that lives up to its height. At the time, you're talking about the number two Ohio State Buckeyes, the number three Michigan Wolverines that are clawing it out, trying to fight their way into the Big Ten title game to meet Iowa to see who has the right to say, hey, I'm one of the top four best teams in the country, and I should be able to stake a claim or at least try to stake a claim to a college football championship. So for me, I loved it. Michigan went and took care of business. Now it's really up to them and being able to do so despite all of the controversy surrounding them, of course, with their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, and just going in there and taking care of business. Pretty darn impressive. Now it's time to just see, just like they took care of the little things on Saturday, if they're able to take care of the little things against Iowa. And ultimately, if we'll be having a conversation about this Wolverines team come January. So did you really think a five-game suspension would make Draymond Green reconsider his headlock that he put Rudy Gobert in? If you did, clearly you don't know Dre. Green said after practice on Sunday, quote, I'll come to a teammate's defense anytime that I'm in a position to come to a teammate's defense. What matters to me is how the people that I care about feel first and foremost. How are the people that I care about affected? How are they people that I care about and what do they have to deal with? That's it for me. That's where the buck stops. I want to count on him changing his stance anytime soon. I know I won't. You probably shouldn't either because Dre is who he is. Hate it or love it. He is one consistent guy in terms of making sure that he's ride or die with his teammates. That's just how he rolls. Now, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. I mean, that is so cool. Anytime you want to see us, you can get with us. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, will the Vikings inch closer to the Lions in the NFC North race? Well, we shall see. At least until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.